Yes, you are listening to Law and Gospel on this Open Mic Friday. October the 11th, in the year of our Lord 2019, I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And we are looking forward to those of you who are going to be calling. In case you're in St. Louis, it's 8210850. Anywhere else, long distance, toll free, 1-800-730-2727. And you can even use that number in St. Louis. But before I take calls, I wanted to, as I indicated on the promo, wanted to actually do a compliment to the Post-Dispatch. What? Yes, if you've been listening to my program, I consider the Post-Dispatch to be a very, very liberal, unchristian newspaper when we're dealing with morality. They're pro-homosexual, pro-abortion. Uh, they're very negative when it comes to uh, President Trump. I mean, I don't think he can do anything that they would ever applaud him for. And their, well, page of opinion is always contrary to, for example, confessional Lutheran theology when they deal with theology. However, every now and then a bright light comes through. And I compliment them when in the letters to the editor, they have people printed who wrote in complaining about the horrible bias of the Post-Dispatch. Uh, that's even occurring today. Uh, there's a, a letter in there about how negative the Post-Dispatch is toward the police. And you can find that just by scrolling through the newspaper on a daily basis. Uh, the police are really something that is not very good. The other th item that I found this week that really was helpful is every time they do photos of protesters, they're always very, very liberal protesters against items that they feel are contrary to good American values, which, of course, gay marriage, therefore, and all these sorts of things. But surprisingly, this week, they had a picture of pro-life protesters that were really complaining about what Planned Parenthood has done in Illinois. They, in a sense, secretly built a building, a very large one, that's going to be for abortions. And they kind of hid it from people. And we found out why they were hiding it is because when in Texas they were building a pro-abortion clinic and the contractors found out about it, they walked off the job and refused to complete it. And it forced Planned Parenthood to pay extra money to other contractors who knew they were having trouble finding contractors. So instead, they tried to do this secretly. Well, the Post-Dispatch had a beautiful picture of Christians who were protesting this building that will be murdering children in it soon. And I thought that was really surprising for the Post-Dispatch. So sometimes letters to the editors... Uh, are, are very good. 
Uh, this time they had a picture of protesters that we would agree with. But they also had an article that really surprised me on Thursday. The article was written by a retired police officer, and he lives in the St. Louis area. His name is Philip Reagan. And what was he complaining about? The title, and this is the title of the Post-Dispatch, puts on the top of the article, A Dangerous Message from the Pulpits of North St. Louis. This really surprised me. Because this retired police officer begins by saying, Why would men of God, pastors and preachers, men uh, and women of supposed faith and belief, stand in their pulpits on Sunday to preach hate, violence, and horrid, demeaning sermons of hypocrisy to their flocks. This is not a short article. It's, as I said, October the 10th, 2019, Post-Dispatch, page A11. And what this retired policeman is complaining about is these pastors are supposedly talking about to their flocks, that blacks are born as victims of oppression and that whites instill a sense in blacks to fear the whites, most of all, the police. He goes on saying, My friends recounted of the preacher's remarks, black-on-black violence is being used as a tool by whites to control black rage at being forced into poverty, drug abuse, violent crimes, domestic violence, etc. That's the kind of preaching. This isn't preaching about Jesus Christ. It's not preaching about the forgiveness of sins. A number of these black pastors have decided that they're going to use their pulpit for political purposes uh, to put down uh, not only whites but to raise rage on the part of blacks. Now, I served a congregation for 28 years that the majority of people that were joining were blacks. And I don't remember anybody in the congregation who was black that thought this way, that these black preachers are trying to get their members to think about. So I I really give credit to the Post-Dispatch that they permitted a retired police officer to bemoan the fact that a a lot of the problems, particularly in North St. Louis, is really due to black pastors preaching contrary to Christianity and using their pulpits. Now... I said yesterday I was going to talk about this, but I took a look at the Post-Dispatch today, and sure enough, on the opinion page, you may or may not have heard about this Dallas police officer, Amber Goiger. She got mixed up as to what floor her apartment was on, 
walked into an apartment and there was a black man eating ice cream and she shot him to death thinking he was an intruder. Well, she was sentenced to 10 years in prison. But the story is the man who was shot, his brother hugged her after the trial and forgave her. And so Leonard Pitts from the Miami Herald, he really attacks this idea of forgiveness coming from black people. He says, yeah, he understands that if you're a Christian, it's an obligation of faith to forgive. Yet he was really conflicted by last week's act of forgiveness in a Dallas courtroom. He talks about the brother who absolved the policewoman for killing his brother. And even the judge who was black came down from his bench and hugged her. So they're really upset over this because they don't think it's appropriate that uh, black people should be forgiving individuals when they do this. In fact, Leonard Pitts writes, and this is right out of the Post-Dispatch today, actress Yvette Brown, now I never heard of her, she tweeted a memo saying, if somebody ever kills me, don't you dare hug them. Throw a chair in my honor. And then she says, then dig me up and throw me. Now, this is the kind of attitude that is really embroiling individuals in that area. I work, you know, occasionally for Uber. I don't have any problem going into North St. Louis and picking people up of various nationalities or races. And we always, I've always had good conversations with them. And some of them were complaining to me in the cab that they're having trouble going to church right now because they're not hearing the message that I was proclaiming in the taxi cab as a pastor of the Lutheran church. So we need to be careful as to why there's such turmoil going on. And a lot of times it's because of elected officials and even pastors. Can, can you imagine if I, as a pastor, spoke out against radical Muslims saying you better not ever be talking to a Muslim because you don't know who it's going to be? No, that would be inappropriate. That's not the message of Christianity. So I compliment the Post-Dispatch for some recent items that they had in there that I was, was not expecting uh, to see. And they must have an ombudsman who's keeping track of that. Let's go uh, to the phone lines right now. And our first caller is going to be David. Hi, David. You're on the air. Well, I, I uh, thank you for your monologue there. Pretty good. And I must say, you have a lot more nerve than I do driving in North St. Louis. I'd be too scared. 
I, I picked up uh, a no. Let, let, let me tell you about that. I picked up a, a black worker who worked for the city in South St. Louis, but he lived in North St. Louis, and I drove him there, and he began to criticize my driving because I was following the speed limit, going twenty five miles an hour on those streets, and he says, "I want you to speed up." Because going that slow in this area, you're bound maybe to get shot, and then I'm in the car with you. <laughs> and so what I did, I went even slower. <laughs> but well, that's I, the fear they have down there. Well, I, I guess I can understand that. I I called with a comment and a question to you. Go ahead. Basically, uh, I listened to your show Wednesday, and I... I thought it was really good. You talked about First Peter three. Descend uh, into hell, right? And then you brought in Mark sixteen sixteen. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Okay. Yes. Now here's my question on that. And I, when I finish my comment, then I'll um, I'll listen and see what you have to say. I agreed with everything you said. Very biblical. But, here's the big but, <clears throat> why do churches, when they say you're saved by faith alone, okay, because if you say you're saved by faith alone, that would necessarily negate baptism, that would negate church attendance, that would negate taking the Lord's Supper, uh, giving of your means, having church buildings, because if it's faith alone, it's nothing else. Do you do you get my drift or my my question on that? Yes, I understand your question. You want me to reply to it? Yeah, help me out here. All right. How do infants get faith? Well, I imagine through baptism and God. Um... See, so we don't consider baptism some miraculous magical act that saves but rather a sacrament that delivers the faith that saves and that's similarly with the lord's supper taking the lord's supper doesn't save anybody but it's very clear that it gives stronger faith to realize that you now have the assurance of the forgiveness of sins because God supplies that through the Lord's Supper. So even the Lord's Supper is meant to increase your faith, which alone saves. So these are not additional things to the faith that saves, but these are called a means of grace where God uses them to help someone have stronger faith. Okay, so when it says baptism does also now save us, how would you reconcile that one? Okay, uh, for example, let me use another analogy. Uh, let's say I adopt a child who's three years old and they become a member of the family. It would not be wrong for them to say that that adoption gave me food, gave me clothing, gave me a, a place to sleep, etc. And somebody will say, no, no, it wasn't the adoption. It was once you became a member of the family. But you became a member through the adoption. And that's the same way I look at uh, baptism. 
baptism saves because it conveys the faith that God is looking for that even a child has. And we know that children can have faith because John the baptizer had faith while he was still in the womb when he leapt for joy when Jesus entered into the room. So I make a distinction between the means of grace that brings faith and faith itself. Okay. I think that... uh... I think that helps out uh, what I was looking at. Okay. Okay. I, I appreciate it, and I appreciate your answer. Thank you very much for calling, David. Okay. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Goodbye. And we're just going to go down the line. And um, hi, I'm Tom Baker. Who's this? You're on the air. Uh, um, hello? Can you hear me? Yes. What's your name? Pastor Helliger from Incarnate Word Lutheran Church in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Oh, wonderful. Good to hear from you. How can I help you? No, I wanted to commend you for what you were saying earlier on on the program. Yes. Because I think that, uh, and I, and you're right in so many respects, that's, that in many cases... The black pulpits are used to preach those things that are totally against what Jesus would preach. Last Sunday, we we um, from the from the lectionary, the sermon was about forgiveness, and I mentioned the, that case of that young man in Dallas who forgave yes. the um, police woman. The police woman. And I put that in the context of what Jesus said even while he was on the cross with his hands stretched out. Excellent. To the people who put the nails in his hands or to what, or to, or to um, Stephen, as he was being stoned to death. Yes. Or even Paul, as he writes to the churches about forgiving, about praying for your um, elders and all of that, uh, your leaders, um, political leaders, because some people find it even difficult to, to, um, to pray for the president just because they don't like him. Yes. No, and, the, those are... I, Excellent points. What they are not understanding, when we forgive someone, for example, I was robbed when I used to drive for a yellow cab. Now, I forgave those young men who robbed me, but I also went to the police to get them arrested. In other words, forgiveness doesn't stop the temporal consequences from taking place it really That's means right. it really means i'm not going to get even with them vengeance is mine says the lord not says tom baker that's right that's right it doesn't necessarily mean that we don't work for justice wonderful what it what it means is that we free ourselves from the bondage of hate and bitterness well said. Bound to paralyze us. 
And there's so many people that sit in our pews. And I'm a black pastor with a black congregation. There's only one white person in my congregation. Uh-huh. And I, I, and I just let it, let it out because I know that there are people who hold bitterness yep. and ha- anger in their hearts and the persons and the, and the person who gets hurt the most from that is those very people. Because there's no way that you can go out and live your life with any form of bitterness and expect that you are going well to said. see some, some kind of success. There's no blessing there. Okay? Your but kind... even, from, uh, even from a temporal position, Pastor, Yes. Well, when we look at the, at the broader spiritual thing, don't we pray, forgive us our sins as we forget, we forgive those who sin against us? Well said. And how many times do we sin against the Lord? Yes. Well, your One congregation your congregation is blessed to have you as a pastor. And um, thank you very much for calling. You, you made some great points. God bless you. Okay? Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Pastor. I'll okay. Bye. Bye. Bless you. God bless you. Bye. And we're going to move on to Neil. Hi, Neil. You're on the air. Uh, yes. Hi, Pastor Tom Baker. Hey, this is really a pleasure being able to speak with you this morning. Thank you. I was, I was, what I was wanting was your more of your biblical knowledge about the Book of Mormon. Yes, it's not part of the Bible. It's uh, written by a human being who said he got this information from an angel. But boy, when you read the Book of Mormon, uh, first of all, it's really salvation by your works, not through faith in Jesus Christ. And so I don't consider Mormonism to be a Christian religion. It's more like a cult or a sect but they're pretending to be Christian for various reasons. But I would not advise reading the Book of Mormon except to understand how Mormons think and therefore have conversations with them. And Concordia Publishing House, that's our publishing house in the Missouri Synod, puts out some great uh, items, uh, particularly about Mormonism, some of which were written by former Mormons who have become Lutheran, and they're very helpful. Oh, okay. Well, I was uh, wanting to get your opinion. Okay. You. Well, I thank you so much for calling, Neil, and God bless you. Yes, thank you. Okay, well, bye. And we're unfortunately kind of out of time right now to take any more calls. And that's my fault because I was uh, dealing with uh, compliments to the Post-Dispatch. It doesn't happen that often that I compliment them. Um, I do look through the Post-Dispatch because I use a lot of it in sermons. Because people are reading these items and the task of the church is to help people 
interpret reality from God's point of view. So when you read something in in the newspaper, boy, it's it's really hard to say, well, that's the same as God's word. No, it's not. You need to examine it. I'd say 90% of what's in a newspaper has nothing to do with God's word. There's advertisements, there's news about uh, graduations and things like that. But when they get into the area of opinion, that's where people need to be really careful. We used to have what's called the Globe Democrat which had the other side of items. Unfortunately, they went out of business. So the only newspaper now is the Post-Dispatch, and there may be something you listen to on television or radio that helps out. But um, give credit where credit is due. And I appreciate, and I think the Post-Dispatch Ombudsman is sometimes doing a pretty good job in putting opposite opinions than what the editors of the Post-Dispatch have. Monday's Law and Gospel, we'll be looking at a text from a law and gospel point of view. I'm Tom Baker. God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962.